and welcome to Parshas Lech Lecha. Aren't we on a mission ourselves this year? We're going where we don't know where we're going. We, it's very befitting, Parshas Lech Lecha, to our journey that we've been, we've been traveling. Um, I've talked so many years about the tests of Avram. I decided I wanted to do something a little different. I mentioned some of these things last year. Um, but I am going to add on, and I have, I think these ideas are very befitting for us for right now. There are two verses I wanted to hyper-focus on in this week's Parsha. The first Pasuk is the Pasuk of Lechlecha and the Rashi. And then we will, uh, then we'll ask our second question. Let's first start with it. It says, Lechlecha me'artzecha, go from your country and your birthplace and your father's home to the land that I will show you. And Rashi says a few things here, Lahanascha for your enjoyment and for your benefit. Now that's an interesting way to, you know, to approach things. Like why why is does does Avinu have to be told this is for your benefit that you're going to Eretz Yisrael? If this is one of the tests of Avram, which it was, it's considered according to all the Maforshim as one of the main tests of Avram Avinu. Secondly, the, um, the 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 Rashi goes into v'sham eschal agoy gadol v'chan i'atazochel abanim. I'm going to make you a great nation, but you're not going to have children. You're going from your land. V'od lahodia tiv achav olam. Also to reveal your nature in the world. Now, usually when a person leaves his place, there's a lot of losses that take place. He is his good name. So many people, they, they move to Lakewood, they say they feel like a nobody, they move to be with their children when they get older, and um, meanwhile, they have no background in Lakewood, they don't know anybody in Lakewood, and here they have to leave everything, you know, this was a test for Avram to leave everything and go to Eretz Yisrael. Now, the, the, usually when somebody leaves, all the fortune go into this, but we'll get some lessons for ourselves for today, usually when somebody leaves somewhere... He first leaves his home, then he leaves his birthplace, and then he leaves his country. Here, everything is the opposite. You're first leaving your country, your birthplace, and then you're finally your home. Why in this order? This is not the typical way of doing it. Also, we mentioned before why he's going, um, you know, for, for your good. Secondly, uh, thirdly, rather, they, it, it says... Um, he was rewarded, and he wasn't told where he's going. I share our Eka. I'll show you. So he was rewarded for every step that he took because he had no idea where he was going. What's the significance of that? What can we learn from it? In the second Pasuk, he's given all kinds of brachas. What's the connection between that and Lech Lecha? Like, why? Why Lahanascha? Why the next Pasuk, I'll make you a goy gadol and avarechecha v'agadlashmecha v'heyei bracha. And it says also, avarchama v'arachecha, all the people that bless you, I will bless, umakalecha or, all the people that curse you, I will curse. What, uh, and everyone will be, everyone will be blessed through you. So that's it's all the rewards of him just not knowing where he's going. And it seems a trivial test. Albeit the Gemara says that moving for men, believe it or not, is harder than for women. Uh, men, you know, need the same old, same old kind of thing. Women are better into multitasking, but it's a major test to move. Now, 
second time that I'd like to talk about in this week's Parsha, and believe it or not, it has a connection, which I was surprised when I first started learning about this. Um, Hashem takes Avram outside. This is right when Avram was asking Hashem, what's going to be with me? I don't have any children. And he takes him outside and he says, Habetna Hashemaima, look outside, Uspora Kochavim, and count the stars. Can you count them? And he tells them, this is how your children are going to be, just like the stars. What's the significance of stars? Many interpretations. We'll get to some. And also, it sounds like there's some astrological significance here. Um, the Medrash tells them, Go outside of your astrological limitations. Apparently, astrologically, Avram was not destined to have children. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're not going to be the same as you were before. You're not going to be Avram and Sarai. You're going to be Avraham and Sarai. You're changing your names. And you're going to be not unlimited. You won't have the limitations of your astrological beginnings. You're going to be somebody else. Now, so let's go into that. What does it mean he's going outside his astrological boundaries? First, we're going to take up Rav Nevensal Shlita tells us that a little bit we're going to talk about Mazel right now. There's a lot more to say about Mazel, but I think I'm going to leave that for a different time. And I'd like to get into that one time because it's a very fascinating study. But let's talk about some things that are limited to Mazel. Mike Cotton, the Gemara, tells us there's three things that are predestined for a person. Bonai, Chayai, Ubezainai. Three things that are destined for a human being children, like whether he will or won't, how many he'll have, what kind he'll have. And they're usually ones that are, you know, it's a lot of times there's a challenge each one, of course, brings, and that's personally, personally designed for each one of us. Our lifespan is destined that we really, you know, no matter what you do, some people eat bonbons their whole life and live till 115, and some people keep all the, you know, keep very carefully their, their diet, and yet... Um, the lifespan, I heard Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, the said that health you can affect by the way you eat, but life or death, unless you're doing something, you know, of course, uh, you know, like the, the, there are times you have, you have caused yourself harm by running in the middle of traffic or whatever it could be, but at the same time, a person's lifespan is often, that's what Hashem wanted, and Mizainai, and a person's Parnasa, that is supposed to be their model. Now, and it doesn't depend on your merits. All those three things have no dependency on merits. Avram Avinu, however, was changed his location and he changed his name. And those are several things that can affect your mazel. Our Rosh Hashanah says, Sadaka, Se'aka. Sadaka means like how you perform chesed. Se'aka, how you daven. Shinui Hashem. Changing a name, shinui masa, changing your actions. Biyesh omrim af shinui makom, and some people say even changing your place can affect your mazel. So again, prayer, um, giving, doing chesed, changing name, changing actions, and some people say changing your place. All those things can change your bad mazel for the good. And that's what we're going to explore right now. And we're also going to go into Avram Avinu's Lech Lecha. That's going to be our primary discussion for today. In any case, 
Avram Avinu had to change his place as Reb Nefin saw. Once he left Haran, he became a great nation. That's why Pasuk Aleph and Pasuk Base are very connected. Once he changed his location, he became the great, he came, in fact, impoverished, and he, and he left a, a very wealthy, famous individual. That was something very interesting I saw in one of Rav Hanach Lebowitz's farm, that he mentions that if you think about it, oh, I'm sorry, no, this is Rapam. That if, if you think about it, Avram, when it says he didn't change his lodgings, you know, it's another thing in this week's parasha. I'm getting, getting off on tangent a bit, but it's an important thing to say. Rashi tells us also this week's parsha that if a person goes to a certain city, you should always stay at the lodgings you always stay by. We learn that from Avram, that he went he stayed at the same places when he returned to Eretz Yisrael as he did when he left. Uh, not just there, so when it, you know, when he, when he, when you go somewhere, you should stay at the places that you normally stay at. When you go to Toronto, if this has been the lodging you stay by, you should stay by the same people. And it's an interesting thing they said. Er, originally, Avram stayed at places that he could afford that were cheaper. And yet he didn't change his lifestyle so much, even when he became fabulously wealthy. That's what um, Rav Tom tells us, which is interesting. A person should never change their whole, you know, their 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 outlook on life. Not to, if you get to, if you get too uh, careless and you start living it up on a higher plane, sometimes you may that money may be temporary. So he still was careful with his money even after he had it. But in any case, now the Gemara says that. The reason why Rav Yitzchak, who mentions this Gemara, the several things that can change man's destiny, one of them, Shinui Makam, is up for grabs. Because some people say maybe the fact that Avram went to Eretz changes Makam. Some people say, no, just changing your place leads to that. But there's an interesting fact about going to Eretz Yisrael, and that is the tour brings down that if a woman's childless, God forbid, a husband can divorce his wife 10 years after being married, but not before. However, if they move to Eretz Yisrael in the meantime, the 10 years begins after the move because your whole mazel changes just going to Eretz Yisrael. Now, let's go into each thing here. The world was built on three pillars, right? Chesed, Olam Chesed Ibanah, the world was big, the Torah, Avodah, and Gemilus Chasadim. Three things, Torah, prayer, and service of Hashem were the three reasons why man was, where the world was created. And this is what our mission is in life, to have our peg in these three places and what we're supposed to do within our perch in this world. So tzedakah is, since the world was created for chesed and you're changing your world, so to speak, by giving more tzedakah, you're changing your essence. You're changing what you've been doing until now and perhaps changing that perch that you're in will cause Hashem to change his perch. Sa'aka, prayer, is again one of the fundamental pillars of the world. The world was created for prayer. We find in Parshas Voracious that when God uh, created the vegetation, they didn't, they, they, were, they were created subterraneanally and they were not able to sprout. Now why did God bother doing that altogether? <laughs> he, he made them such that the whole world was dependent on man's prayer. As soon as man would pray for rain, then things could sprout. But it was, everything was dependent on prayer. And there's so many cases, you know, the famous story we've mentioned like 
sometimes way back maybe, but I have mentioned this, I know, years ago. The story, the famous story about Chizkiel HaMelech was reproved by Yeshaya Hanavi for not wanting to get married because he was afraid, he saw up in Avua, that he would beget wicked children like Benasha. He didn't want to get married. He didn't want to achieve that prophecy. So Yeshaya rebuked him. You're not supposed to think of Hashem's matters. You're supposed to get married and forget about, uh, you know, what could be. You know, he just, he couldn't bring himself. He said, and because you neglected to have children, Hashem is, you're going to die an early death. So what is Chizkiel? He hears from a prophet that his life is going to be shortened. And he turned his face to the wall and he pours out his, his you know, pours out his heart in, in, in prayer. And, and he lives another 15 years because of it. A person can change their destiny through prayer. And Shinui Masses, says of Nemesis, is coming from learning Torah. You know, just changing your status, like you're doing something different than you did before. You're adding on time. You're, whatever that means. Or for a woman, allowing her husband more time for Torah. All these things are changing your world. And changing your world means changing your destiny. Now, what about changing your name and what about changing your place? And, cha- and those are the two things that Avram Avinu did. Well, Hashem changed his name and Hashem made him change his place. Now, Rav Devensel explains that even though changing your name often, people that change, well, sometimes you can have control of changing your name, but a lot of times we're familiar with the idea that, God forbid, Loelainu, someone is extremely ill, um, you know, the Sibor can change his name and daven for his new name, and sometimes a person has prolonged life from it. Because the whole idea of even though a person may not even be awake, they may not be conscious, changing his name is, again, it's not the same person. He's going to wake up. He's going to feel a degree of newness. That's another thing that could give a person a new lease on life. You know, we have to we have to take advantage of these changes in our life. Now we just had a new year, even though... It's not like usual years where we had our intense prayer sessions, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, like usual. I'm sure they were intense in other ways, you know, not intense maybe in having a beautiful chazan and all the things that people are used to, but instead the intensity of knowing that there's a huge change going on. When a person has a new change in the name or a status or in a way, a person realizes that they have to like an injection of hisiris, something is new. You know, maybe it's a good idea. I'm giving on a practical level. I'm going to give a few practical pointers throughout this lecture, but here's practical lesson number one. It's a good thing for us to incorporate the same moda ani every morning. You're you're giving yourself rabba emuna secha. I've heard interpreted as being, you know, you're saying how great is your faithfulness. Okay. Most people usually say emuna secha is you're a neman Hashem. You're 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 faithful to me. You're like, you know, you keep going. You're you've, you've been there for me all the years. You know, what we're thanking Hashem. But it's, there's another shot which rings very true for me that, you know, to say, Rabbi Bonasecha, Hashem every morning is saying, I have faith in you. Hashem has faith in me. He's saying, I am giving you now a set of lungs, so many blood vessels, a heart, a liver, an esophagus, an intestine, all kinds of body parts, and they're all there for your neshama. They're saying, get up, girl. We believe in you. We're following you wherever you go throughout your day. We're following you everywhere. Rabbi, how great is your faithfulness, Hashem? You gave me a new day. So what, that's one. That's a shot of Moda'ani that we can think of when we get up in the morning. But one thing here is we can incorporate is we wake up. When we went to bed, it was dark. We get up, it's light. 
you know, hopefully <laughs> when you get older, it's not always so simple, but in any case, you know, how, how grateful we are. For, it's new. It's new. The changing of the time seasons, all those things are arousing us. It's not same old, same old. Okay. Your routine may be same old, but we have to refresh ourselves. We have to keep refresh, you know, say it's now afternoon. If we forgot the morning, say it's now afternoon. Look, the sun is in a different position. You know, or it stopped raining. It started raining. Newness, we can renew ourselves. And this is, the person can always do chupa. We can always change. We can always have a new lease on life, and we have to work on it. Now, the now changing location. Oh, by the way, one more thing I wanted to say here. Rav Chaim Shmulevitz says, you know, that the what people used to do when they used to go to the base of Mikdash, it's a Shembakarov in our days. People used to go to the base of Mikdash. I hope I'm using enough English in this lecture. All of a sudden, I realize I'm going straight on Hebrew, and not everybody here, is, you know. So if there's any questions, please ask and stop me if I speak too quickly or whatever. But in any case, when they used to go to the temple, the Beis Hamikdash, there was a rule that you could not go out the same door you entered. You know, there are different gates to the temple, to Beis Hamikdash. There's different ways to go in and out, and a person should not go the same way they came out. In other words, you have to feel refreshed. You have to feel you did this something that's going to be different from my, from now on. After I went and davened, after I now brought my korban or whatever it was, I am going to be a new me. I'm not going to be the same old, same old that I was before. That's the refresher that we need. Now the seasons are changing. We can use that as a stimulus to get ourselves moving. Everything that happens is always a new chance, and we have to make best use of it. And we can change our, our faith by changing our situation. Now, one more thing that happens, um, changing location is a big thing. It's a very big deal. In fact, it goes so far that Rav Nevental says, like, it's one of the 39 restrictions of Shabbos, Malachas of Shabbos, that if you move something into Rishos HaRabim or Rishos HaYachid, you've done a Malacha. Now, what Malacha have you done? That's, he said it's very different from other Malachos. Like, let's say, Borer, selecting. Mm-hmm. In selecting... You have done something that's very, um, you know, like you've, you've, you've taken something and weeded out negative particles or fabrics or whatever you're dealing with, food items. You're weeding out something negative out of this mixture, right? Let's say that. Or baking. You've definitely created uh, something that has a different si- t- texture and, um, and size and color and all that kind of thing. Each one of the malachas, you've accomplished something. You've made a fire, you whatever. Here, you just move something, in effect. But moving something, it, it, ha, it's, it, it totally has a different function once it's moved. So moving can change a person's fate. You know, that's why they say when you go into the sukkah, you know, in case we had to go through gullus, the Gemara says, like, going to the sukkah is like you went through gullus because you changed your location. And gullus forgives a person for their sins. So it doesn't have to be major moving. Anytime we had to, to go through whatever it may be in a move that's rela- related to a, like a moving scenario, you know, that we had to go somewhere we didn't have to go. We had, you have to go to the mechanic and fix your car. You have to go to do something else that changed your whole day, disrupted your whole day. It has an aspect of a refresher, but it has an additional aspect. Senator of Navinsal, moving just like, uh, like we said about these changes makes a person more humble. A person needs humility. 
You know, that as we said before, when a person changes their place, it's very difficult. Like you all of a sudden don't know anybody in a new city. I met once a woman on an airplane, a woman from Toronto, and she was telling me that um, the family went through, you know, a lot of expenditures to move her mother, who was living, I believe, in Williamsburg, to move her to Borough Park. They built like a, a grandmother suite, if you want to call it, in the house, you know, where they were going to... Um, you know, like give her a place to be independent, but yet be near the family because she was getting older. So um, it was supposed to be beautiful, and they spent so much effort on it. And then meanwhile, after two weeks, the mother says, I can't take it here anymore. She says, I, I used to go to the, I knew the butcher, I knew the baker. I, I, I Even though I can't manage as well, I manage better with my children around me. I don't know anybody here. I feel like I don't belong anywhere. So this was one of the tests of Avram, to go somewhere where when you move, what happens is you, you know, that's why also, by the way, a person that's uh, killed somebody by accident, what's the thing of going to an Ir Miklat to go to a city of refuge? He doesn't know his, he's leaving his whole community. He's leaving his Hevra. I, someone will ask me that's sharp that, the, you know, he's leaving, he has to bring his yeshiva with him. His Russia yeshiva has to go with him and his yeshiva. It's still not the sea. He's leaving his family. He's leaving a lot of, uh, he's leaving the whole familiarity of routine. So we can, everybody has that kind of thing. We've definitely gone into Gullus right now. We definitely have this thing in our life that we have, we have really abandoned all our old ways and we are not doing what we used to do. We're not seeing the people we used to see. And even when we see them, they're all wearing a mask. You know, it's not, we're not doing our old thing anymore. We're, you know, whenever we abandon all those things, what happens is there's a tremendous infusion of humility. And, you know, it, it really it really helps us. It helps us, that humility. And that humility can change our mazel. So that's another necessary ingredient, ingredient besides changing your Torah and your service of Hashem, which is prayer, and also your giving charity, which is your world. By changing that, if a person changes their place, that humility aspect that's necessary, that can also change their fate. Ravarin Cutler, they say about him, friends of him could not recognize him from month to month. So was his effort to change his character. You know, the Vilna Gon and the Rambam both say that the purpose of our being on this earth, purpose of Torah and mitzvahs and everything we have is to change our character and to get closer to Hashem. And Ramon Cutler was so into changing his nature that you couldn't recognize him from one month to the other, which is unbelievable that, you know, how he aroused himself to keep making changes and not giving up. Usually, on the other hand, I remember somebody once told me that there were Shashiva said that they can always recognize their students' mitos, their, their character traits, even 30 years after leaving Yeshiva. Because, you know, people have certain things that they, certain baggage that we're all born with, we have to work on. And a lot of times, most people are not successful at changing all their character traits. And that's really what we're here in the world to do. You know, people have, you know, this guy had a bad temper and this person had a, you know, was lazy and this person was this and that. We all have certain faults and we have certain great traits that we all own. And, you know. Uh, we have to be cognizant that, you know, to try to change ourselves, to be aroused and to try to develop this humility that we have to make changes in our life and that we have to realize that, that, you know, life is temporary and we have to get going on it and there's nothing you could take with you. But the last thing is, 
the last advantage of all these changes, especially changing places with Nevinsel, besides changing your getting uh, renewal and besides getting humility, is it changes your atmosphere. That the person, um, if a person changes their place, she knew Mishana Maka Mishana Mazel. You change your place, you change your Mazel. That, um, you know, that the changing of a place, your whole environment, that could be detrimental. Rav Hanel Hanachlipowitz, Zechran Lebracha, tells us that Avram Avinu was told to leave his place and go to the land he was going to be shown. And meanwhile, this was a person, you'd think, he's not affected by his environment. He broke the idols of his father. He was willing to be thrown into a fiery furnace for, for his ideals. People hated him. He was preaching, he was monotheism when the whole world was going against the grain with that. And then at the end, although he was despised, the Bartanura tells, this is what the Hanaslibowitz brings down, and, 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 he, um, and he needed a change of environment and because environment is such a big effect on a person that even Avraham, who had gone against everything, still needed that, ex, ex, uh, you know, um, that additional point of changing his environment. That's really something. You know, Nassim Vachovel says that Rav, it used to be in, when he went, when he learned in the mirror, that um, the Meshkech of the Mir, Rav Yerucham, used to say, that's an American. He could always point to who an American was. He always knew him by just the way he behaved. You didn't have to hear the accent. German Jews. I went to Breuer Seminary many years ago, which was established by the German Jewish community. Everybody there was at the Shear five minutes early. And the Shear began exactly to the moment on time. And that wasn't, it was because of osmosis. People had lived in Germany. They picked up that positive trait from the Germans. Um, someone told me that today the new thing in Germany is with the mask wearing, that um, if you're in a restaurant, you have to take off the mask. You take off the mask just for your spoonful, and then you put the mask back on. Only the German, Germans could think of something like that to be so exact with their, their mask wearing that only for the, bite, the bites you can take off the mask in a restaurant. But I don't know if they have, they probably have social distancing and all that as well. In any case, even Israelis are in, influenced by their environment. They live in the Middle East where all the Arabs are, and there's definitely, a, a, you know, a definitely influence there. And we know the negatives of American, North American living, and we have to be aware of it. It's a problem. It's, it's a big problem. And... In the, the influence of the environment can be very big test. The, um, you know, the whole, my thoughts right now on what's going on in New York, the protests. <laughs> okay. Um, Ms. Mrs. Orbach said something very cute. She just said that um, if we would eat like the Germans in the restaurants, we all could lose a lot of weight. <laughs> Anyways, all right. So anyways, eating, this may be a good idea. Use your mask for that if you want to lose weight. Put on your mask between bites. Anyways, okay. So the um, I shouldn't be looking at these comments. They're too distracting. Anyways, my thoughts on the protests in New York these days is that, um, you know, a lot of times we got very full of ourselves. We thought, we're, you know, everybody thinks they're American, even in a special place where big Jewish communities, they think they own the place. 
and they get a little bit, you know, the, the, the mission of a Jew in exile is supposed to be a little bit subservient to, to Esau. We're not yet, in, they're not, Mashiach has not come yet. And people start thinking they know better and they rebuke people and they make demonstrations and they do all kinds of things that, you know, it's, it's not our place. We're not, we're not supposed to be, conduct ourselves in these manners and it's, it caused ramifications, albeit there are people there in government that are really anti, um, you know, they're really showing their claws as far as being anti-Semitic. But at the same time, the Jewish people have to be careful not to just do what everybody else does in their protests. Like, you know, we're not supposed to conduct ourselves in a lowly way. It's not, um, it, 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 you know, it's not supposed to work that way. Now, so anyways, so the, 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 we're supposed to rid ourselves of our environment. And if you think about it, the biggest environment is what's in your home. So he was going in the proper way, even though normally you first leave your house, then you leave your birthplace, and then you leave your country. The country is the least influence on us. The bigger influence is the family, the ones who are on more, and, and your house. And I venture to add that the biggest thing we have to separate ourselves from today is our cell phone. What is there with us at all times? which has more in, most influence on us other than our cell phone. There's nothing that influences us as much as that. Nothing. That uh, Avram, we find himself later in the Parsha, by the way, uh, Mikta Shalevi tells us, you know, when Avram decides to separate from Lot, well, Lot first separated from Avram, and it says when he separated, he was denying God at that point, you know, he denied God, and he just said he wants to go elsewhere where he can give in to all his his desires. Now, that's that's a big statement. So to make the Shalevi, why did Avram decide, first of all, you know, why didn't he just say, he says, let's not make a, a dispute. So the way he resolved the dispute was to separate. Now, there's more than one reason when anybody does anything, especially great Torah scholars like Avram Avinu. He said the reason he left was not just because of fear of arguments. He left Lot because he was afraid he had converted many people where he lived, Avraham. He was afraid now what's going to be with their soul? They're going to be around Lot, Lot who is this renegade who's turned against me. And so he felt for the sake of the people he had converted that he was going to separate for the sake of them. And in fact, we find Lot was influenced by his environment. Lot never gave up having guests, even in Sodom, because of having lived by Avram Avinu. It's amazing. So we can't minimize the degree. And we know there are certain like traits we have from the places we were born, from the places that are around us at all times. Like we live in a very, a society that was very materialistic and all the rights that people want. And when people, I, when I hear people, Jews screaming out for their rights, you know, like a Jew's supposed to look for what's my responsibility and that what's my rights. That's a very American kind of concept, North American. Uh, and, and how much of America, North America is in us, how much of Toronto is in us. And that's what we have to, that's the hardest thing to get yourself separated from. And, but even more so, I said, is the cell phone, which is a constant companion to us. And what are we doing with that cell phone? How much are we on it? How much are we depend on it? Are we on it too much before davening? Are we making it the center point of our lives? You know, people go insane if they lose their cell phone. Like, there's nothing that could be worse. So the, uh, it's a very important thing that we learned from Lech Lecha is that it's a very important point. If you want perfection, 
if you want to grow, you have to make sure that, that you're, in, you're in a good environment and that if you have something that's negative in your environment, that you make sure you distance yourself from it as much as possible. Now, when we talk about it's lahanascha or tavascha, Rashi telling us, it's for your benefit and your enjoyment. Why, do, why are we saying for yourself? There's several reasons. We'll explore them. But Shimshim Pincus tells us that whenever we, you know, we talk about... Um, we talk about any mitzvah that we perform. There are two benefits that generally occur when we do a mitzvah. One is the mitzvah itself has, you know, changes our personality. Is that there's certain segula, there's certain benefit to it that it, it you know, that since it's a commandment, it brings us closer to Hashem. We're listening to God's word. But there's a second thing that happens by doing a mitzvah, and that's perfection of character. So one is doing God's word, just performing any commandments, but every mitzvah has something about it that perfects our character. Let's say chesed. A person is doing, saving someone from starvation, and at the same time, they're perfecting their character, becoming more selfless. Um, anything, davening, you know, it's perfecting your character, is helping you concentrate more, focusing on what's important in your world, plus it's a mitzvah. Now, some mitzvahs we don't know the reason for, like, like you know, paraduma and things like that, but that's not relevant right now. Now, which, for Shimshin Pincus asked the question, so which is the most important part? If you had to, you know, just bring it down to one factor, which factor is more important? The factor of perfecting yourself or the factor of helping somebody else? Let's say in the case of Chesed. And the, the, what Shimshin Pincus says, it's perfecting yourself trumps even helping another person. Now, often from helping or helping another really is for self-perfection. Like Avraham neglected talking to Hashem because he wanted to give to the three strangers that come to him in next week's parsha because Achmasas Orchem was more of a perfection of character he felt than talking to Hashem. Okay, we learned that. But building yourself trumps any mitzvah or Torah or anything because that's the main purpose of any given mitzvah. Because that's Latobascha. It's for your self perfection. And why do you need that self perfection? We need that self perfection because that's the whole purpose of man's creation. Man's creation is not to be the same person he was when he was born, but he is supposed to be a totally different being, he's supposed to change himself, become a new entity. That's his purpose. That the, it, 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 the, and, and to break his mitos, says the Vilna Gaon, if you don't break your mitos, what are you in the world for? Now, the main thing, though, um, we find that he brings down Rav Shimshon Pincus, he says, we find that um, it says, Ezehu Chasid Hamishasedim Kona. Who is a person that's considered pious? A person that does kindness with his creator. Now think about it. What kind of kindness can you do with your creator? He doesn't need anything. Last time I checked. I don't think anything I do, my creator needs, per se. Usually the biggest chesed is to give something somebody really needs. What does our creator need? The one thing the creator does not give us is self-perfection. That's the only thing we can do, so to speak, for the creator is perfect what he's given us. 
because that's man's job. And in fact, you see it reflected in our, in our mission in life. Like God gave us wheat. Man has learned to turn it into bread. God has given us our body, our soul, and everything, and we're here to make improvements. Now, the soul is perfect, but the meatos we were given instead, those are the things we have to really improve on. Now, people were created as a self-centered infant, and the change is up to ourselves of how we're going to change ourselves. The Rambam says that every Jew can be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. And um, in his own way, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu can talk to Hashem. We can't talk to Hashem. <laughs> but what we can do in our own way is to be the best me. And that's totally up to us, and that's where we get our Olam Haba from. Last week, we talked about the Tower of Bavel. Rav Shem Pinkas says that, you know, it was the first, uh, first episode of communism in the world. Everybody had a common cause, and they had made a tower to protect the world. And, you know, if a brick would fall, everybody would cry. But if there was a child that fell, God forbid, and died, everybody would say one less mouth to feed because the common goal was the main thing. And actually, it could be a big cruelty. You forget the individual when you're working on the common goal. They say Stalin said, said Shem Shem Pinkas killed many more people than Hitler. Stalin alone killed 10 million. And besides the people under him, because in the name of common goals and unity, for the name of communities, and we believe in the community, but we also believe in the individual. You can't overlook the forest for the trees. The, um, there was Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Zechron Levracha, one time was late for a meeting that he was supposed to have about urgent Jewish matters for Kalal Yisrael. And his, uh, uh, at the last moment, right before he was leaving his house, this lady walked in. They used to come to him in the evening. I, I get the feeling she's probably some type of, you know, mental, mentally imbalanced person, obviously. She said the aliens are coming, and she was very worried about these aliens. She was a survivor of the Holocaust. And Rabbi Moshe sat with her and talked to her and convinced her that they go away at a certain point and that they, you know, whatever. He talked on her level to try to comfort her. And Rabbi and Feinstein was standing there, and he says, Tata, he says, we have to go. He says, maybe I should talk to her. You know, I'll stay with her, and you could, you could go. And he says, no, she has no one else that she listens to besides me about this. I have to stay. So he kept a bunch of great rabbis, Gedolim, leave, learn, uh, waiting for him for this great meeting because one individual needed to speak to him and had no one else to talk to. So we have to think of the, 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 the individual. That's, you know, in the same way, the... We talk about the, you know, we're supposed to, each person counts, even though we have a, a mission in the world, you know, we're supposed to benefit the world with the chesed we do and with the philos we do and with the Torah learning people do. At the same time, perfection, each individual is important. Each individual contributes their own world. They have their own things that they have to do that no one else can do. Avram Avinu, for this reason, when he was told to go to Eretz Yisrael, he, wasn't, he didn't even know where he was going. He said, just go where I show you. And he got reward for every single step he took because the difficulty in doing something. You know, it's, it's not, it's self-perfection is not how perfect you are, but how perfect you make yourself. So what you got from Hashem, that's nothing. That's nothing. It's what you do with yourself is something. It's this individual person, every single person can be very important. We don't know how important a person is. We don't know how far each person's come. It could be in the world to come, people are much greater than us. Victor Miller says on last week's Parsha that Noah, um, sorry, that um, Cain took two wives 
he had um, Ada and Sila. You know, he married one for her looks, um, and he married one to have children because apparently the more children you have, um, the, your looks take a downturn, you know. They say, like, people that don't have children, like Elena, like, look young longer, you know, and they don't have all these uh, – it, it, it takes a lot out of you probably – First of all, the childbirth, and secondly, probably sarcoidal punim probably takes the most out of you. But um, in any case, a person, you know, um, raising children and having children takes a toll. So a person usually, you know, gets weakened thereby. So he was smart, and he took two wives, one for personal use and one for uh, procreation. In any case, he, he, this was an illustrious family. Victor Miller mentions, interesting, that, you know, people used to live very long lives before the flood. And even after the flood, rather, uh, this is, I'm sorry, this is before the flood I'm talking now, not, not after the flood. We're talking about um, Cain. So these are people that, um, I'm sorry, it wasn't Cain, it was Lemech. Lemech took Ada and Sila. Lemech was um, a son of Cain. And um, this is all before the flood. They lived very long lives. In fact, for many years, before the flood and even after when it was shortened, how long they lived, like 150, 170, 200 years. Why such a long lifespan? If you think about it, there was a lot accomplished in early times. We just are standing on the shoulders of our forefathers. It says, for example, we have the three sons of Lemech. One of them was Yaval. Yaval was Yoshev Ohel Mikneh. He, he was in charge of, um, he did work, a lot of work with livestock and with Ohel, with tents. That's, that was his job. We have also Yuval. Yuval was Kol Tofes Kinor Ba'ugav. He created stringed instruments. And then there was Tuval Kayan. Tuval Kayan created Kol Cherev Nechoshes Ubarzel. He created all kinds of tools out of metal. That's what each one created. Now, we look at it like, eh, you know, ancients, you know, but these are huge discoveries, says Rabbi Victor Miller. That's why they need to live such long lifespans. Um... To, to, to take care of how livestock, you know, how the best way to raise livestock and their lifespans, I guess, and how they could, uh, you know, procreate better and the food that they need. This is, it takes years of study. And the Ohel, he said, originally, people lived in mountains. They craved, you know, they had, a, they lived in caves or they carved out something in the mountain or the, whatever they did, you know. Now, to, he, he figured out that to, to, you know, get the livestock for pasture, they need grass. And you can run out of grass if you stay in one place for too long. So they had to have mobile homes, the first RV. So what did they do? So Yavel discovered a collapsible tent. Oh, hell, that's a huge. Do you know anything collapsible today? Strollers, anything that we have today is because of the original tents that Yavel made. That was a genius discovery, and everything is based on that. Yuval, who created all kinds of instruments, I mean, there was never an instrument. Can you imagine? He, he probably looked at the crickets and the grasshoppers, grasshoppers, and through vibration, they make all those sounds. So he, he created vibrating instruments through strings. Amazing. And that's why people had to live so long, because they're crea- what they created was much more fundamental. Like even bread, if you think about it, 11 steps to make bread, it's 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 mind-boggling you know those are ancient things ancient discoveries and we're just you know going from there that's why it says in Shemona Esrei under the bracha of Chachma says that you teach 
humanity, um, wisdom of Bina. Bina means to understand one thing, inference, to understand one thing from another. That Enosh, really civilization, has learned from inference of previous civilizations. The whole civilization, we've learned that we, okay, now we have Bell creating the phone. Now you can make this kind of phone. And then from that, you can make that kind of phone. From electricity, we can make all kinds of things that have evolved. And But the basics, they needed years and years to contemplate how the world worked. And they came up with all these things. So they weren't so uh, backward after all. Any case, it said this family of Lamech were outstanding, the creators of major things. We're talking about the major music industry and the, and the, um, the cattle industry and, and, and housing. And then we're talking about anything with metal. With metal is humongous with all the tools for, for farming and for everything. I have metal is so much kitchen tools and everything out of metal. This family did not survive the flood. Like the Kennedy family, not one of them, not one, they were so illustrious, famous, what they did was nothing. It accomplished nothing. I mean, they did something for society and humanity, and that stayed with them. But they did nothing by Hashem. They're, they weren't. They did not merit to survive, and, and you know, their progeny did not survive the flood. Because you think you did something by building this building, or thinking this thought, or this great wisdom, or this great dance, or this great art, artistic masterpiece, whatever we do. The main thing that Hashem wants from us is perfection. That's what we're here in the world to do. Accomplishments are secondary to perfection. And even as we said from Shimshon Pinkus, when it comes to a mitzvah, the accomplishments take a second place to the self-perfection that's necessary. And that's what we're in the world to be, a different me than I started out as. And every year we have to take stock. Am I, did anything move? Did I move the needle in any direction more in self-perfection in any one of the mitos that I felt lacking in myself? And if you don't know what you're lacking, that means you probably haven't had teenagers yet or you haven't had other close people in your family. All you need is a spouse and teenagers, and that'll tell you all the things you've done wrong that you haven't even done yet. Now. May I ask a question, Dvorah Sure. Um, it's going back a bit. Parsha uh, Lecha. Does it mean go to yourself, go for yourself? What do the words actually mean? Lech Lecha. Okay. So Lech Lecha means go for yourself. And Rashi, so what does it mean for yourself? So Rashi says, for your benefit and for your pleasure. All right, I switched the order. For your pleasure and for your benefit. So that's very interesting. Usually, like, if it's one of his tests, we ask the question, why is it for his benefit? Good question. Thank you for, for telling me that. Um, and, and so the first explanation we've given, we're going to give another one coming up later. But one explanation we gave is Rav Shimshim Pincus, who says, for your benefit means for your self-perfection. Don't forget the self-perfection. That's what you're here for. Huh. So the, 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 and, and, and yeah, because it's, it, what are you going for yourself for? You know, that's, you know, um, now the. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have, a, can I ask another question or, or am, am I taking too much time? No, go ahead. Um, what I've heard, I need clarification on this. Um, what I've heard, and it was many years ago, that lech lecha, go to yourself or for yourself means go to Eretz Yisrael. 
that in order, as you explained, to perfect ourselves and to really, truly refine who we are, we really have to go to Eretz Yisrael, to go to ourselves, for ourselves. But I need clarification on that. Okay, so again, it's not to yourself. You're not going to yourself. <laughs> you're at, you're there already. <laughs> lech lecha means for yourself. That's how, maybe they explain it to little children that way. I don't know, but that's not the technically cor- correct translation. It's lech lecha. For yourself. For I yourself. made a mistake. I'm sorry. Okay. So that's for yourself. Mean. So you have Does to that mean go, go for yourself? Does it mean go for yourself, for yourself improvement? Do we need to re- go to Eretz Israel to really to really achieve that? That's my question. I don't understand what that means. Um, okay. Well, there's different interpretations. Um, first of all, if a rav or somebody's moradech, um, uh, their mentor tells them, "Don't move to Eretz Yisrael for whatever reason," they shouldn't move. That doesn't mean you're not going to get perfection if you didn't move to Eretz Yisrael. Of course, it does perfect you moving to Eretz Yisrael. According to the Ramban, you can't keep any mitzvah unless you're doing it in Eretz Yisrael. So, I mean, but many Rabbanim, for whatever reason, people have different limitations why they can't go to Eretz Yisrael to perfect themselves. But in this case, this, all it means in this particular parsha is Avram was told by doing this particular test I'm about to put you through, this will be for yourself perfection, according to Shem Shem Pinkus. We're going to give oh. reasons. But if you do just shot of Rashi, shot of Rashi says, I'm going it for your pleasure and for your benefit. So it's also pleasures involved here, not just benefit. So, uh-huh. it's, and, and this is also giving us a general, I think it's more for the lesson to take away here. Besides self-perfection, let's just say a general lesson from this line is that a person has to know any struggles they go through is for their ultimate benefit. You know, that this, that if it, 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 the more you struggle, because really, Lefum Sara Agra says in um, Pirkei Avos, the more effort, the more pain, the more struggle a person has to do anything. It's unlike the world that we're in, where we've witnessed, it looks like success is the product, the finished product. We're saying success is in the effort. The more effort you put out, self-perfection, we have to define that more in fact. Self-perfection means that you tried. That's what it means, because by people, you don't know what the product is. Let's say a person is angry. So there's, there's degrees of anger. There's some people get angry every day, let's say. There's some people get angry every minute. So some people get angry once a year. Whatever it is, you're supposed to move the, the, the thing up. And you can't compare yourself with your friend down the street because your friend down the street may have been born with a different temperament. You know, if, if you can only compare yourself with yourself and not even totally. Because some, like, let's say right now, I would say most people are going through more difficulties than they usually go through. You can't say, look at me last year. I was, you know, carefree and walking, you know, uh, without shoes in the sand. I don't know. Whatever it is, it, it, it's, it's a, you know, we have a certain stress in our life that we didn't have last year. And everyone has it in different ways. It's, it, it, it's, it's horrible. You know, I, I'm hearing from all sides. Everybody's got different things. Somebody knows making a wedding. She says not one person is going to the wedding from her side. You know, and that was hard on her. And other people are telling me, I find people locked in their homes. Anybody in their 70s locked in their homes. They can't go anywhere. Um, a lot of people. And um, it's, 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 there's a lot of stress on a lot of people in, in many, many ways. The Parnassa, tremendous stresses. So we can't compare in that way. 
but we have to, but Hashem is testing us in all different manners. Are we going to improve our character? We don't always see. It doesn't show up on paper. You know, it does not, it can't, it, we can't write it down. Like it's not qualifiable because it's not a quantity thing. It's, it's just, we have to keep working on it. And the work is really what is asked from us. You know, the accomplishment, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But we're here to try, you know, more, more, you know, is to perfect our character. Now, like, for example, let's give some, let's give some examples of how perfection of character is more important than action. Well, a few more, and then we're, we're still like five more minutes, 10 more minutes. I indulge of you, please. I ask your indulgence rather. Um, now, there's a story, beautiful story brought down in the Gemara about Hanina Bendosa, you know, the famous um, uh, Hanina Bendosa was the person who was, the Sefer Torah was wrapped around him and the, the Osios were, the letters of the Torah went into the atmosphere. He was burnt, he was killed Al-Kiddush Hashem by the Romans for having defied and taught Torah in public when it was uh, forbidden. And he risked his life for this. He goes to his Rebbe, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma, and he asks him, Rebbe, Mali olam haba. Rebbe, do I have a chance for the world to come? So what does what Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma answer him? He says, my student, Kuma secha bali adecha, did you ever do anything good? What do you mean? Did he ever on a daily basis? He was risking his life to teach Torah when it was forbidden to do so. What do you mean? Did he ever do anything good? Do you know what he says? He says, one time I had some money for tzedakah. I mixed it up with money for my Purim Suda. And I decided to give the whole thing to tzedakah, you know, because I wasn't sure exactly what was what. And so Rav Yossi ben Kisma nodded his head and he says, if that's the case, then you're, you have b'chai olam hava. Now, what about learning Torah in public, risking his life on a daily basis? We learn from this, the small actions show more perfection of character than the large actions do sometimes. That, you know, because when you, small actions, like maybe when you're teaching Torah in public, you're feeling a little bit arrogant. You're feeling not that his arrogance, oh, why I should have his arrogance of, of Rav Hanina Bedosa, but um, that, that, you know, that maybe there's a little bit of arrogance. You're doing it in public. People are seeing this great noble act that you're performing. You know, you're getting respect for it. You're getting maybe arrogance from it, covet from it. Here, you're just mixed up some money. There's nobody there to witness that, you know, you decided, okay, I'll just, I'm not sure. I'll just err on the side of giving more to stuck up. That's something, there's no guy, but there's no covet. That's why a lot of times when you do something privately that nobody else sees except Hashem, that's when you get the most points. Our Victor Miller said, another, here's another piece of homework besides the Rabba Munasecha of the morning, the fresh day. Try to do something once a day that nobody sees. Try to do something once a day that nobody sees. It's private. You know it's perfect. It's a perfect, you just said something with perfection that nobody else knows about it. Now, and the less we understand something, the more reward we get. That's more perfection of character. You know, that's why they say that the last test of Avram was the Akedah. It was against everything he believed in. Whereas here he was, he went to a fiery furnace. Some people don't even consider that a test of Avram Avinu. The Rambam does not consider that one of his ten tests. Um, and the reason is because th- th- that test was something everyone gives up their life for an ideal. This was giving up your giving up your son's life for something you don't even believe in. You know, so we're supposed to do something that nobody understands. Like that's that's really where it counts. Now, the um, 
here talk about actions. It said when Avram Avinu passed away, it was so well known and respected that every leader of the world got in line to comfort his family, and they all proclaimed that he was unique. There was no one like him in the whole generation. However, despite his greatness, all the converts that Avram and Sarai converted, not one of them maintained their Judaism, which is unbelievable because the actions don't count. It's the intentions. It's the perfection of character. It's the effort. That's what counts. Perfection of character. We talk about the um, uh, Shifra and Pua, uh, Miriam and Yochevet. They saved so many people's lives. They tried to keep lives. They said Paro caught on to their antics shortly after they began their trial. And they're forever remembered. They feared God. That was the main thing that remained with them, is their fear of Hashem to stand in the face of Paro, but the actions didn't mean any, any too much. We find with Esther Amalka, she tried to, you know, she gave up her life for the Jewish people, gave up her marriage for the Jewish people to try to save them, and yet the advice that she gave, the, you know, when she cried out to the king, the king should spare the Jewish people, her, her, her pleading did not make the difference. The difference was that Haman, like the whole thing, Haman happened to come at that time and the whole idea of killing Mordechai. And that's really what saved the day, not Esther. Esther did not save the day physically. She gave up, but she's forever remembered. McGillis Esther forever remembered because of her intentions and her perfection of character and what she did. But what she produced is not the main thing. So many people, I did such great things and it's not, you know, it's not noted. It means things how hard you try. That's what's noted. That's what's important. And that's the comfort for the person, perfection of character. And that's something we could do at any age, any stage, any state of physical capacity. Now, the main thing of perfection of character is to, get, is to bring Hashem into our lives. We should try to bring Hashem into our lives as much as possible, uh, you know, to... Um, um, Vekas Hashem, that's what the Masil Sharm tells us. We're supposed to incorporate Hashem into everyday living as much as possible. Like to think, I'm trying to eat for Hashem. They say Rev, uh, Rev, um, Rev Yisrael Reisman, you know, the Rashiva of um, Torah Vadas, he says, he wants to be honest with himself. He says, I'm not saying I'm eating L'Shem Shemayim. I want to eat L'Shem Shemayim. That's what he says before he eats. When a person brings Hashem into his everyday activities, then they're, they're gaining perfection because they're trying to be more like the divine. They're trying to uh, emulate the divine. They're trying to be more selfless. All the things that our creator ha- has, mahu afata, that's dvekas. That's trying to achieve, to cling to the creator is to try to think about him more often and bring him into our everyday lives. Try to have more amuna bitachon. And, and, and that's, the, that's the main perfection of character, especially in our generation when we have so many frightful things coming our way, we have to cling more to Hashem. And this is really our test today. People are so challenged by the news. The news is a daily fear monger. You know, there is very frightful things. And to some degree, we have to know what's going on in the world because then we have to do tshuva. It, 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 it causes us to do tshuva. At the same time, too much of it, if, we're, if we get too involved in it, we forget, wait a minute, there's a rebinish law that's running in this world. Remember, we brought down a few weeks ago, I think, from Victor Miller, where he says, if you listen to the news too much, what happens is you just hear negative news, because isn't that what news is? It's always negative. You're not thinking of the chesed of Hashem, which is 
so overwhelmingly greater than all the negative news. And the negative news is supposed to shake us out of our reverie and to think that we can't trust the country we live in. We can't trust the government. We can't even trust doctors sometimes if, you know, what's, what's, what people are saying, all kinds of things. And, but at the same time, we have to stay put and remember this is a message from Hashem, all the things that we're receiving, and we have to work on ourselves. And we have, we have things we have to improve. And a lot of these things are helping us with our self-improvement, albeit in a way different than that we've ever experienced in our lives. But we have to work, use it, utilize it for self-improvement, self-growth, and debate us by Hashem and incorporate Hashem in the picture and don't leave them out of it. And don't, it's not in the name of presidents or prime ministers or governors that are controlling our fate. There's a reason for all this. And Hashem is leading it, and we, should, we don't have to pick fights with people and get angry at people, because that's, again, taking Hashem out of the picture and thinking it's the governor, it's the this, it's the that that's causing me all my troubles. It's not. It's what Hashem has brought to us, and we have to do tshuva. Rav Nassim Bachvogel's Zetzal gives another explanation of lahanaska for your, well, he gives, instead of lahanaska for your benefits, lahanaska for your pleasure. There's another little key here that we could think about, and that is a person has to be selfish. Now, this is very interesting. We're always told be selfless, to, to not be an, an arrogant, to not think of anything. A person has to know, um, you know, we ask Hashem, Baharevna, make a Torah sweet in our mouths, for example. We want to feel the goodness because when we feel the goodness, then we will do it more often. You know, we have to know that um, there's something good in there for us, and that intrinsically takes away the us from the equation. First, put us in the equation, and then we could take ourselves out. He always says, when you hear somebody get sick, the first thing you should say is, thank Hashem, it wasn't me. Baruch Hashem, it wasn't me. Now, that sounds so selfish, but you will feel more for the other person once you get yourself out of there. Because it's, it's true, they say you usually feel more for a person when they're suffering than when, when they gain. Let's say a person you know, made another $3 million dollars, uh, usually we're more jealous of them than we are the person that's losing something. You know, you, you feel for the person that lost something and the person that gained something. And the reason being is because I'm in the equation. But if as soon as you say, I'm alive, then you start thinking, oh, my goodness, think about what he's going through. It's harder to feel for a person simcha. Like, but that's what we're supposed to strive to do, get rid of the me. But the way of getting rid of the me is to have the me. That's what Victor Miller says. It says, avarcham avarcheka. You should bless Jews. Why you should bless Jews all the time? You should say, Baruch Hashem for all, and they should have their money. They should have their health. They should have their happiness. Why should you do that? Because you're doing something for yourself. It's for your benefit. You know, get rid of the me. So, we're almost done. <laughs> so, what we said so far is a person should change their mazel. Change their mazel through Torah, Voda, Gamilus, Chassanim, through doing more acts of the things, the world, the foundations of the world. Also changing your environment. It's so vital. It brings humility. It brings a renewal. It brings perfection. And perfection is more important than the actions. I mean, than the product. The product, the actions are more important than the product. And the perfection is more important than the actions. And uh, the perfection in our actions, that our actions should try to be, we should have a Shem in our life more in everything we do and incorporate that and we'll, we'll gain more that way. And use, utilize the selfish parts. Utilize the changing of the guard of the day, the time, the renewal of the times, place, day, people, and all that thing, and use that renewal for self-improvement. Now, Mayor Shapiro says, 
that when a person, if Avram Bean was told to go outside his mausoleum to check the stars, why did, why did he have to go outside to check the stars? Because he says, we, I'm sorry, Revolva says, answers that question. Mayor Shapiro gives a different interpretation. But Revolva says, we need props when we surface him. You look at the stars, you know, how many they are and how different they are and how far away they are. That's how we don't understand other yidden. And there's so much to them, so much depth, so much light. The same thing, a person has to know, not just have faith that, you know, you're going to change and you're going to have a child now and you can go outside your muzzle. He needed a prop. He needed to look at something, touch something, feel something. We have to utilize as many props as we have to get closer to Hashem. Mayor Shapiro answers the question, counting the stars is an exercise in futility, but a person should never give up because the actions, the self-perfection is more important than what you actually achieve. I thank you for listening. Let's hope to change our mazel, to bring more humility and his and perfection into our life and change our atmosphere. Don't let the environment rule over us. And especially if it's a negative, try to eradicate it. Check your cell phones and make sure you check them for the right reasons to make sure they're not taking over your life because that's the chief antagonist that's ruining our life right now. I thank you for listening. I wish you an amazing week. And thank you, Rivka Shabsov, for being the one and only, the best. The greatest organizer, administrator that a person could dream for.